Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Breakfast on SEO. Welcome back to the show. Not too far away now from the start of the Australian Open. It all kicks off on the 14th, Sunday, the 14th of January. But so much tennis going on in the build-up. The United Cup. We've got a couple of tournaments coming up in Adelaide. You've got the Brisbane International underway. So I just thought it was a good time to check in with the voice of tennis right here at SEN in BP. Hello, Brett. Uh, Julian and uh, Bryce, good morning, boys. So good listening in this morning. Uh... I'm enjoying it, just uh, waking up a bit of tennis, but you're also keeping me informed because I'm in the cocoon at this time of the year. Yes, you wouldn't know what's going on outside of the the tennis world. So I'm listening in, boys. Uh, Happy New Year to you, BP. Any resolutions, man? Anything on the table for 2024? Oh, well, I'd like to run out on the G at some stage, uh, Jules, and play four quarters of footy, so (laughs) just working on the fitness. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Who who are we going to play for? Who are you putting your hand up for? Now, the mighty Fitzroy is going to come back, Jules. Ah, the mighty Fitzroy's going to make a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'd have you on the halfback flank if that's the case. Uh, speaking of someone that's in uh, good form, uh, that was impressive last night from Alex Demonor. That was a great performance. Well, look, top 10 has to be the aim. Simple as that uh, this year. And, you know, I mean, anyone who's listened to me long enough knows I'm an unabashed fan of Demonor because... He just gives you everything as a sports broadcaster, as a fan out there who are, you know, paying good money to come along. You just want uh, sports people to give their absolute all and leave nothing in the locker room, and that's what he's made of. I mean, go back to the United Cup 12 months ago. He beat, you know, Rafael Nadal in Sydney on Ken Rosewell Arena. So, yeah, look, I mean, the top 10 scalps have certainly grown, and uh, over the last 12 to 18 months, which has given him the confidence, because I think at one point he was thinking, "Gee, I." I'm knocking on the door, but I just can't break through against these, you know, bigger players. And, you know, Taylor Fritz last night has established himself as a top 10 player. He's a, you know, fierce ball striker. Uh, but Demonor, look, he's got a, a good brain on him. He knows he's got some limitations, but he knows that his assets, if he brings his assets to the table, it can disrupt the rhythm of these pure ball strikers out there. And that's taking the ball early, getting it into the corners, just, you know, putting his opponent on the back foot. I mean, and, and you know, Alex is such a good, um, you know, forward court player. He loves getting forward, loves, uh, you know, the angles and being able to take away the time from his opponents. So, yeah, I mean, I think strategy-wise, he, he was terrific. And, you know, it's been a, it's been an incremental build. It's It's been sort of top 30, you establish yourself in the top 20, and it takes a bit of time. And, uh, you know, top 10, though, I think is a, a, a real big possibility this year. Uh, Brett, he's doing it in the old-fashioned way, isn't he? Which is the uh, get that level covered, then go to the next level and keep de- developing along rather than uh, straight to the top with a bullet. Um, it, ha- what's his best result in Grand Slam tennis? 
He's made a quarter of the uh, the US Open. That was in the COVID year um, when there was no one there to watch uh, back in, what, 2020. So, look, he should be around that mark. You know, he should at least, I think, be fourth round. It can then, Bryce, just come down to pure matchups. You know, obviously, he's better equipped to beat certain players than others. And this top echelon of the men's game, you know, the competition is hot. <laughs> these, these are good players running around. I mean, the fact he's still got, you know, Djokovic at his peak and... You know, Alcaraz and Holger Runa and Sinner and Shelton and there's many others. Um, there's a production line coming, you know, in that 50 to 100 bracket as well. So, you know, the, the margins are just really tiny. He's trying to find that 1%, 2%. I mean, you know, the serve, he can continue to try and beef up. You know, if he can get more free points off that first serve, that's huge in men's tennis. But every everything else he does is really, really good. And that's why he's sitting at 12 in the world, which is a mighty effort. But to get inside the top 10 is another big step altogether. Who else catches your eye from the Australians coming through in the form um, that you're seeing in these tournaments as we lead to the Australian Open? So I was watching Max Purcell last night. He played an incredible first set against Holger Runa, mm. this young star from uh, Denmark. And then Runa sort of settled in and, and got into a groove and Boris Becker coaching him at the moment. So he's a... You know, a guy that can certainly win a Grand Slam at a pretty young age. We've already seen Elkaraz uh, break through. But Max has got absolute X factor. And he's got a big serve. He's big off the ground. He's a bit quirky. plays some different type of shots. He disrupts the rhythm. And look, he's back with Nathan Healy, his coach, who coached Leighton Hewitt at the back end of his career. And Nathan said on our show, the first serve on SEN... Uh, about two years ago, he thought Max was top 20 uh, potential, which you know nearly fell off my chair at the time. But you can see... Uh, you can see the X factor he's got. So you know we've got a we've got a really solid batch. But Demonor, I'd love a few more to really press up now in the top 50. I mean, Rinky Hijikata, I think, is a terrific talent, um, and, and Alexi Poprin, you know, is the one who's blessed. If you you know look at he and Demonor, about the same age, uh, both grew up playing a lot in Spain. Uh, but Alexi's taken a little longer than Alex, but I reckon Poprin's just about ready to really fire now. I think he's got the belief. He's got a stable team. Uh, I loved his court coverage against uh, O'Connell. That was a tough battle in Brisbane. So Poprin should be aiming for, you know, somewhere, I think, between, you know, 30 and 15 in the rankings this year, which would be a big step. So he's got the most upside, like most likely. Thought of Brett Phillips, uh, the summer of tennis well and truly underway. United Cup, uh, Brisbane Internationals. We lead up to the Australian Open beginning on Sunday, January 14. United Cup, so the Aussies are through. Uh, Matty Ebden mm. and Storm Hunter winning the doubles after Isla Tomjanovic uh, was pretty competitive against Jessica Pagula, 7-6-6-3. Uh, what chances are going? How far can the Aussies go in this tournament, BP? Yeah, well, it's certainly open. You knock out the defending champions, and that certainly does uh, open up the door uh, for the Australians. So through to the uh, quarterfinals and just awaiting whoever tops uh, Group E, which is what China, Serbia, and the Czech Republic. And you would think likely it's Serbia, obviously with Djokovic uh, leading the charge there in singles and doubles. So that's likely to be the quarterfinal opponent, which... Uh, you know, on paper, probably apart from Novak, uh, the other you know singles rubber and the, the mixed doubles are very winnable. I think you know certainly in doubles, Australia uh, in these sort of team yeah. competitions, it's got an upper hand. Jules, we've got some really good doubles combinations that can sort of be really clutch when it counts. So, yeah, look, we're a chance. We've got the crowd in our hip pocket, and you know Australia take these team competitions pretty seriously. And one of the stars we haven't seen for about fifteen months is Naomi Osaka, who's uh, who's back and. Uh, surprisingly good at the moment given yeah. her, her time off 
Yeah, look, has lost none of her raw power, uh, that's for sure. She was actually trying to get forward a lot more, which we've always seen her as a baseliner, Bryce, and, and you, if you're hitting with that power, you can dictate from the baseline. But she's trying to add some things. She's not a natural sort of volleyer or, or sort of comfortable up around the net, but she was experimenting, trying a few things. I thought her first set in Brisbane yesterday was superb, and it was good. She probably didn't want to have sort of a 6-3, 6-1 result. She needs some matches. She needs to get the feel of the court again, and... It was good that she was pushed to a, a second set tiebreak and she was pretty clutch. Good to see a smile on her face. She's, look, one of the uh, very interesting personalities uh, on the tour. There's always a lot of mystery around the superstars and she doesn't let you in too much. But I think she's, you know, that she said yesterday that she's trying to give more back to the fans than she ever has. So, um, you know, she's a shy girl. She's a bit reserved and she's been through a lot, media spotlight, but... Uh, version two, yeah. I, I, just looking at her yesterday, I think she's going to um, skyrocket back up. Yeah, Carolina Pliskova next for Naomi Saka. Yeah, BP, just what's the relationship like between Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal? We know Nadal and Federer are really close. Interesting comments in a recent uh, Spanish newspaper. Basically, Nadal said, you know, watching Federer has moved him more than than watching Novak Djokovic. Do we know what their relationship's like? Not totally. Look, you hear things... Uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? When players uh, are playing, obviously, in the heat of battle against you know rivals who you're playing a lot across the journey at their top echelon, um, you know, you, you can't be, obviously, the best of pals. You know, we've seen, obviously, you know, Martina Navratilova and Chris Everett become great friends after all their battles. I think they met 80 times on the tour. You know, beyond Borg and John McEnroe become really friendly after... a uh, their rivalry. So it'll be interesting post their careers what these three look like. But obviously it was always, you know, the happy duo of Rafa and Roger. Um, in comes the villain and the disruptor in Novak. And look, we've seen them play Labor Cup together and, you know, all appears uh, quite well. Um, but yeah, there's, it's interesting to read the comments, isn't it? I think from Djokovic's side, I think there's absolute respect and he's mm. held himself uh, pretty well. I think Rafa sometimes... And we've seen this over the years. He probably can get misinterpreted a little just with the language and uh, what he's actually trying to say, not what he's meaning to say. So, um, yeah, I think there's I think there's a respect, uh, but you can't be, you know, in each other's pockets uh, all chummy while you're uh, trying to, you know, beat the living suitcases out of each other, so to speak. Just quickly before I let you go, BP, who's your biggest rival in, in the, the tennis uh, media type of bracket? Oh, you know, good question. Woodbridge, don't like Woodbridge. Is anyone you sort of rivals with? <laughs> well, I could I could mention a name on here, but I, I don't want to get into trouble. Oh, go on. Well, no, he's gone a little frosty on me the last two years because I think he thought I was stealing his uh, tennis landscape that I think he thinks he owns. Um, and he might have he got into trouble in the media centre at the Australian Open uh, last year for being a little crook when he shouldn't have been there and refused to leave. So oh. you can maybe work out who yeah, that is. Yeah, I think uh, I know who you mean, BP, but I won't mention his name either. But, uh, no, it's a nice little insight there. Uh, BP, as always, uh, good fun. We're going to explore your rivalries over summer. I think that's something we need to do. Oh, yeah, well, he'd love the SCN gig, but he can't have everything this bloke, so... <laughs> it's yours, BP, yeah, for as long as you want it, that, BP. Thanks for your time, BP. Chat soon. Oh, thank you. See you, mate. <laughs> Plenty more to come after the break.